racist? I am the least racist person that you have ever met. I am the least racist person, the least racist person that you've ever seen. I don't have a racist bone in my body. Condemn David Duke and say that you don't want his vote or that of other white supremacists in this election? Well, just so you understand, I don't know anything about David Duke, okay? I don't know anything about what you're even talking about with uh, white supremacy or white supremacists. I mean, I'm just talking about David Duke and the Ku Klux Klan here, but... I don't know. Honestly, I don't know David Duke. I think the big problem this country has is being politically correct. Uh, look at my African-American over here. Look at him. I have a great relationship with the blacks. Are you Islamophobic? I'm a person. No, not at all. I think Islam hates us. Here's the problem with political correctness. It takes too long. We don't have time. We don't have time. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States. Welcome to episode 39 of Grill. How long steak, mister? I got it going on the grill. Well, this is the podcast where immigrants are welcome. Uh, Sir. We welcome everybody from the United States, from all across the world, from this entire earth, into our podcasts, into our kitchens, and into our homes. Yes, we sir. do not discriminate, and I'm just going to say it right now, the U.S. Attorney General is a goddamn American girl. <laughs> okay? I am your host of this episode, Bobby Stills. Across from me, as usual, different spot this time, though. Uh, yeah, we're more like... Yeah, Come right. Uh, what's your name, sir? Uh, Johnny Toonami. Johnny Toonami. In the house. In the hizzy. Uh, no Keith today. Uh, he just walked up in here and just straight jacked up the studio. But I am behind the wheels of steel today. Yeah, he left like a buster. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of busterness, buster ships going on yes, today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so let me turn my headphones up here. Oh, that's much, much better. How do I sound, Johnny? You sound great, my friend. Thanks, thanks, dog. You look well. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, if you're getting confused, uh, this is episode 39, and uh, we are missing episode. I mean, episode 59. Uh, <laughs> we are missing episode 57 on our uh, page on iTunes due and to some South technical uh, difficulties. Yeah, we got that episode, but it sounds like shit. Uh, so I had to pull it down. I said that last week on our episode. Um, I just want to rethink Colin and Shandy uh, Greenleaf of uh, Healthy Bones uh, Beverage whoop, whoop. Company on coming on. Whoop, whoop. Um, before we go, Johnny, you visited there. Yeah, I visited there uh, the day after the show, um, and it was super funny. Um, Colin was there. Super funny? Well, it was super funny because Colin's there, right? And he's like, how long have you been standing here? And I was like, literally two minutes, man. He's like, why didn't you say anything? And I was like, it's okay, man. We were just like checking out the swag and stuff like that. And he's like, so I get, you know, I get an acai bowl. My girlfriend got the uh, dragon fruit bowl. I got the E3 shot, and she got the ginger shot. Took some photos in the photo booth. Uh, which was super fun. And uh, Colin actually got into one of the shots too while he's taking his Charlie's delivery in. And uh, and I was like, all right, well, how much do I owe you? He's like, no, I told you on the show last night that you know breakfast is on me. And I was like, all right, well, at least let me pay for some of this swag. He's like, no. 
He just gave me some swag? Yeah, so I got like a sweater and a hat and stuff like that. Oh, dog. He ain't even gave I mean, I got some swag. I got, yeah, I got a little pin and some stickers. I'm wearing his hat today. Yeah, I know. I noticed that. It's good. Um, But it's a super cool store. I got to go in their kitchen and uh, look around and see what they got going on on there. It's pretty, uh, it's, um, they got like six Vitamixes and shit. It's dope, you know? That's what they run. They be in there, they be, she be, the girls, it's crazy. I don't want to sound, you know, I'm all for the women's march and all this stuff. (laughs) uh, So I don't want to this come off wrong. But the girls be back there working. Working those uh, sticks. Oh the yeah, Vitamix, the Vitamix. Yeah. The Vitamix. We call those the dildos. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say you said, uh, but they'd be back there. And so you go. When I used to go to the juice truck and stuff, you know, they would just be back there, just, and just you know, up and down, dude, just beating the shit out they of. They probably it. got like forearms and shoulders like Did no you other. See Shandy man, she's cut. <laughs> anyway, shout out to him. Uh, yeah, I mean he's a G man. He came to a, a Christmas party this year dressed up as Santa Claus. Oh, that's awesome. All the way, and there were some kids that were there, and these kids. His face were like, and he played the whole role. He had the bells on his boots and stuff. Damn, it was so. He seems good. like they. I mean, they're both super nice. I mean, yeah, I they're remember- good people. I fully. It. It's a good company, you guys. Uh, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I highly encourage you to go back. It's a great episode. It talks about entrepreneurship and hard work pays off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. all about knowledge, know how, can do, and hard work. Um, yeah. And also listen to their uh, playlist that we posted on the page. Chris. Right, it's a it's, it's a bomber hilarious. playlist. Yeah. <laughs> Colin's been doing that forever. Yo, he had a, his Uber. He used to ask me, he used to text me like, "Yo, I'm into this," and this is the kind of shit that I like from my Uber ride when he was driving Ubers late at night while his wife was working, and I'd hit him stuff. He'd be like, "Thanks, G," and then he makes dude. He we trade stuff back and forth all the time. That's good. Good peoples, yeah. And uh, if you guys, uh, you know, take a trip across the water over to. Uh, through a, on that bridge or through that tunnel and visit uh, nope, it's Kirkland. Only, it's only a 20, 25 minute drive. All, All right. right. Work update. Um, work was uh, interesting this week. We were super slow at the beginning of the week. Uh, Friday and Saturday. Actually, Friday was dead. Saturday was popping. Um, we did a lot of business, which was good, you know, because it's tasting menu day. Um, we had a lot of cool customers come in. Very nice. Um, and then Sunday... Sunday was just rough. Uh, I don't even know what happened. Like, I don't, I don't think we, we, I think we were all tired and just not prepared for the day at hand because, uh, it just, yeah, it just got a little crazy. Um, but you know, we're getting closer and closer to the move, you know, now we're, we're actually starting to send, see those resumes come in and, uh, starting to talk to some people about coming in. Um, my lifestyle is going to be changing soon. So I'm probably going to be moving to uh, prep and brunch when they open the new brunch uh, for the restaurant. You going down? Uh, no, it's it's not going down at all. Prep and brunch. It's not, that's not down. I know, but he's going to let you, you're going to be start prepping. Yeah. You're not going to be working the line. Well, it's just too late of hours for me, um, you know. I feel you. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I'm thinking, so we're back on that brunch. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to get back on that brunch. We're not going to open brunch immediately, but, um, hopefully they don't do brunch now, right? No, they don't do brunch now, but hopefully by summer we'll be up and moving. We're going to just start with regular hours. Popping boy. Yeah. It's going to be good. We're right next to the chart or bar Charlie. That's where our location will be. So if you don't know where 38th and Stoneway is, uh, literally we're next to bar Charlie, which is kind of exciting because I hear that they're uh, a really cool, uh, craft cocktail bar and that they have you know a good scene going on there i don't know about my buddy charlie works at (laughs) charlie that's pretty funny charlie monroe it's actually funny because it's like oh so we're in between a bar and a pot shop now (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's been going good. You know, I had a little tiff uh, with some people at work this week, but you know, we're gonna sweep that under the rug and start the week off new. Of course, you know? man, start it fresh. Yep, Just don't hold it against them. Nope, people get hot, they get heated, make mistakes. You make mistakes, people. Yeah, I was fucking up on yesterday, so yeah, it happens. Yep. Um, work update for me. Let's get this going. Uh, what do I have to say? Uh, we don't know. It's been slow. Um, it's like this everywhere right now. You hope that after the new year, everything picks back up. Uh, the weather here has been kind of cold. It's mm-hmm. not rainy, so we don't understand. We can only think that's really got to do with politics. Yeah, I'm just going to I was going to ask you, do you think uh, due to all these protests that are going on downtown that it's kind of hindering you guys from getting a little bit of business? I mean, I'm not saying like they shouldn't be protesting. They definitely should. People are leaving from work early. I mean, I don't know. That's what the owners have spoke to me about. Uh, that's, all, you know, out of all the years they've been open, you know, the trends, mm-hmm. you know, the business is good. And. Uh, we have a lot more people coming in, more steady. Uh, they add, we're at, be able to add more positions and stuff, but it just seems that the only thing that we can really focus on right now is politics going on, and people are really worried about the climate of the United States right now, especially the people in Washington. They're very, very, um, you know, careful. Yeah. Um, they're they're not acting like business as usual. Um, something has definitely changed in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not a political show, so we're not going to get into all that. But Except for one thing that actually has to do with the food world and the political uh, situation is Starbucks just announced that they'll be hiring 10,000 10, immigrants. Yeah, man. Everybody in the in the Seattle area, you know, I know that we got people listening around the world and all over the United States. Um, our companies here in Seattle have, have really stood out again. Yeah, they stepped up. Have really stepped out, you know. I don't, man, I don't know what to say. I don't want to talk about this. It's just yeah. depressing. And, uh, I know. Uh, I turned off the news. But there. business has been uh, slowing down, so we've been cutting some hours oh. uh, right now. That's what you know. That's what you have to do. Yeah. It's what a good business does. It's unfair sometimes. Uh, I'm willing to take less hours to help out my team if need be. Um, but at the same time, you got to make it paper, too. Yeah, and I'm all, yeah, I'm for that. But what's happening is, you know, you know, you, you got to be willing to the people that aren't stepping up and finding work to do mm-hmm. and making themselves uh, be known they're to useful. be they're, they're useful. You know, those are the people that you're going to stay. I don't mind people staying on the clock if they're working. Yeah. Find something to do. Uh, my co my co uh, lead. <laughs> Um, she had a mofo painting the walls yesterday. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, and, I, and he was like, yo, painting the walls. No, it's scrubbing the walls. You know, that's what's tough. Uh, but I cut everybody hella early today. And then I went ahead and, you know, I would just went to, I was like, yo, I got to get this prep kid out of here, man. Mm-hmm. He don't understand the, he don't understand what's going on with these hours and stuff. And I can do this work. I can do this work. Yeah. Um, so I was like, yo, man, I'll, what do you got left? I'll go ahead and take care of all this. And I, I wrapped it all up. So it, it's bad. It, this is how I'm used to working. I'm used to always being behind the bullet. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's the same, but yeah. uh, behind the eight ball, as you would say. Okay. And always having to rush around and run. Um, and so it's busy. And now I'm running around, not with like a chicken with my head cut off. I know where my head's at, but I'm, you know, I'm rushing around and I'm, I'm multitasking all day, uh, which I like. Makes the day go by faster. You never have uh, time to figure out what you need to do next. So uh, we're just hoping business picks back up uh, because today uh, my tips were not fat at all. This is probably one of the slowest days I had. So it's, it's kind of, you know, I feel bad. It is what it is. And then I get the, you know, I get, I get, I get the hours. 
because I'm the lead, you know? Yeah, I feel that. And, and I got to cut I mean, people. You I got to cut people when it sucks, man. Well, you know, at the same time, it's also on the business to see to see whether or not it's good to have you on salary or not, if that's going to be the case, you know? Um, but that's another topic for another day, so. All right. Now, this is our show. Uh, this episode, uh, we do not have a guest. We don't have a lot of guests on. But uh, I'm going to leave this episode. We're going to do some ranting. Yeah. I know people like to hear us talk shit. Um, and rant uh, so we're gonna go into uh, let Johnny rant and then we're gonna listen to some other chefs in our in our uh, Seattle area uh, some well known better known chefs uh, <laughs> rant Hater. Uh, about what I'm just saying <laughs> no, man true, they, they, they have restaurants they're part of you know food you know restaurant groups and stuff and they went ham on social media yeah so uh, Johnny take us away all right. Well, earlier this uh, week, what was it? Was it fucking Saturday or Sunday? I talked. What are you going it? for first? Uh, well, I'm gonna go for culinary. Culinary. Anarchy. And then, yeah, and then we'll go, and then we'll go into uh, more um, Seattle-based stuff. So, this weekend, I received a message on our page. Um, I guess we all received a message on our page and um, from our boy Michael Young in Hawaii. It wasn't on our page. It was in our, our messages. We got PM'd. Yeah, PM'd in our DM. Um, definitely went down in the dm yeah it was kind of crazy so um yeah so we got a message in our in our in our private messages from michael young um, chef michael young chef michael young from hawaii 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 Hawaii. Uh, he's a good listener man i'm gonna i swear to god bro i'm gonna get you those bone marrow recipes i know i told yeah i told him i was like mikey hasn't hit us back yet but what you have to do is explain me explain me where you got your style from <laughs> yeah, he's an interesting looking dude. I'm he has a family, dog. but he's also lives the on the island, so you know dog. what you do. Anyway, so he sent us a message basically saying that um, our boy was at it again, and I'm like, "Who are you talking about, our boy?" Like, I don't even know what you're saying. He's like, "Oh, your culinary anarchy, the Scottish boy, bastard, the Scottish bastard." So a few weeks ago, we had a, um, a gentleman on our show by the name of Seth McKenzie. Uh, he runs a blog uh, called Culinary Anarchy. He's also a writer, an established uh, uh, author, I guess. <laughs> author of a cookbook. Of a cookbook. Wildly successful. Uh. <laughs> but he basically said that um, he, he was at it again. So he was. So when we talked to him before, he was having an issue with uh, him getting his last pay because of all this bullshit. And he took over their Facebook of the restaurant that he was working at, blah, blah, Refer blah. Refer to blah, episode blah. 30, uh, 56. 56, yeah. Um, so he goes on again on the same page. So we follow this page called Line Cooks Chefs Old and New. Um, so he goes on it again and says that he might get fired again for refusing to turn over recipes that he created. I told He told them that uh, he would sell them the recipes, but he's not going to give them away. Thoughts. Um, it has brought a big thread. I'm saying, I'm looking at like 211 likes or dislikes and about, I'd probably say, equal amount of comments. Okay, so... Before he had put this post up, he had contacted our producer, Keith Boogie, um, and he had told him that he wanted to be able to speak on our podcast via, I think we're going to Skype him and not have him in studio again, but do a short update about what was going on with his work. I don't think Johnny knows this, uh, but he said he was throwing the gauntlet down and he was going to let his current work that he was working at let them know that they do not own his recipes his pictures or um, any of his food. He does not give them permission to the rights of it. He was going to make them sign a piece of paper that said that they were theirs. So 
that come in a week later. And, and we, we said, Hey, yeah, man, sure. We like the follow up. We can Skype you in, do a little five minute segment about, uh, what the outcome of that was going to be. Right. Um, and then this happened. So everyone's commenting on this thread and saying like, you're right. Or give them a recipe that's a little bit altered or. Which we always do. They yeah. ask for a recipe. You don't give them your recipe. Exactly. But at the same time, I'm like, you wrote a cookbook and you're, and you're giving it away practically for free. So what's the issue here? Like, what did you create fucking the Taj Mahal or something like that? Like, come on. Um, so everyone's saying that a lot of people were saying that since he created the, or since he worked on those recipes on that company's time. Time that technically by proxy he is being paid. We don't need to go over all this. We went. All, I thought that we we spoke to him about this on the show, and he knows the legal ramifications. Well, yeah, uh, but I'm trying to give the listeners a, a new listeners, a little, yeah, a little backstory on what's going on on this new thread because it's different a little bit. Um, so yeah, so they're telling him that he basically did get paid, um, and that he just needs to suck it up and do whatever. I'm like, I don't really give a fuck, dude. Just like as a chef, you should be able to not hold on to the those recipes because they will hold you down and it will cause you from not growing as a chef. And if you want to stay stuck in your ways, then that's fucking your, that's your deal. Create new dishes. Exactly. Learn how to be better. Um, so he replies to everybody's responses and this is when your boy goes off. So um, I thought Michael Young stuck up for us. No, I, I mean, he told me about it and then, oh, I, okay. and then I went off and, and then, then he got our backs. And, yeah. And then he, he decided, and then he started following with us. Um, so he says to all you uncle Tom's in the group, I hope you mass, your masses treat you well, just because someone pays me hourly does not mean that they own me, my work, my ideas. Um, but please show this thread, uh, to them so they know how loyal you are to them. I'm not going to go into anything, anything more because I don't really give a fuck about what the rest of he said um my That's the only it, section that you care about yeah because the rest of it's fucking bullshit he's self-promoting himself at the same time for his fucking blog that's bullshit anyway um so he fucking so i'm like did i hear did i read this right like i even show my girl i'm like am i seeing this right did this motherfucker just use the term uncle tom and massa in the same fucking so sentence the spelling is that <laughs> he says massa he says massa not even like master like, like roots the yeah movie exactly term. like if you 12 years so so I go on to respond with him that he should not be using this term and that he's disrespecting the industry by comparing very it to slavery. You, yeah, very politely. Yeah, you, you know, I would. I decided to go take the educated route. You the know, high road. The high road. Um, Are you high? No, not. I haven't. No, I don't even smoke weed anymore. <laughs> um, so he then responds to me with well i talked to some people i talked to people and they said that it was and he that said it was, multiple well-known yeah, chefs from around the country and that they said that it was cool and i was like well whatever if your friends are as ignorant as you then i don't really care and then you know our boy michael young gets on and he starts represent, saying represent yeah, represent girl how long take mr fam <laughs> starts saying this starts saying that um and then he responds again with uh, the I talk to people who are of the group that you claim that I'm being racist towards and they say that it's dead on. And then I step back and I'm like, did this motherfucker just use I have a black friend <laughs> yeah. right now? Is he is that what he's saying I, right I, now? I know a black person. Exactly. And I'm just like, that's fucking bullshit. And you need to learn your history about this word that you're using, because what you're using is a derogatory term specifically, specifically used for 
and the African-American during the slavery times. And you can't even say that the second definition, I looked up the definition on Webster just to make sure that I wasn't being crazy. And yes, there is a second definition that says a, uh, a subservient person who is, you know, um, abiding to their um, leader's rules or whatever. But that's not where the word Uncle Tom derives from. So I'm gonna give you a little bit of history on what the word and where the word actually came from. Um, so the word Uncle Tom came from a book written um, in 1852 by Harriet Beecher Stowe. Uh, it was called Uncle Tom's Cabin. Um, this book was basically written um, to shed light on the plight of the black and uh, male and female that was going it, it on was at a, the time. It's about The book is about a black man who... Yeah, tur- well, hey, can I just finish what the <laughs> fuck I'm saying? <laughs> so it's... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so... It basically shows talks about a man who is um, in a minstrel, I guess you would say, and um, he is. <laughs> God, this is pissing me off so much right now. Look, this is not a history lesson. Everybody, yeah. everybody knows. Maybe these people uh, who are not listening in the United States, over in Asia or Europe or whatever, uh, don't know. We have African American studies here um, in the United States, but I think it's bullshit. It should be taught year round. Not just in February. And not just by white people. The shortest month of the year. Uh, But we've all covered this in school, and it's basically about a a black person who turns coat on all of his fellow fellow slaves. No, he Uh, doesn't turn coat, and that's the thing. Is yeah. So basically, he is trying to be a part of this community, and at the end of the book, he's acting white. Yeah, he's acting white. He's trying to be a part of this community, and at the end, his white masters are like, "These two female slaves are missing, and he knows where they are, and he won't give them up." And (laughs) and that's basically where it comes down. It basic. A lot of people say that this might have sparked the Civil War and got Abraham Lincoln elected into presidency um, because of it shed light to a lot of people on how African Americans were truly being treated um, during this time. And so I just want to get. I just want him to know that before he starts using these words that are so hurtful. Maybe he's racist. He, maybe he is racist, or maybe he's just saying he's an anarchist or whatever. I called him a, a sectarian. <laughs> and if you don't know what that is, it's basically a bigot, um, but in a, in a nicer way. <laughs> now, I, I just want... I just want people to know on our shows, you know, I say shit all the time. That Everybody comes says shit. Slightly racist on this show. I come off as a misogynist. I know I talk shit all the time. Uh, but the words that are used in kind of that were used online and stuff in this group is not the type of words I'd ever use towards. Uh, towards anybody. Towards anybody. And I've been uh, noticing that a lot of people on Facebook have been using this term, Uncle Tom, like. Like, it's okay. And they're all white. None of them are actually African-American or, you know, have any black ancestry. Well, is it okay for a black man to call another black man Uncle Tom? I would say no. But, other, I mean, Mar- Malcolm X did. <laughs> all, the, all day, every day. So, they called Martin Luther King an Uncle Tom. Exactly. Um, basically, the way I feel is being called an Uncle Tom is basically stripping you of your history and your culture. And yeah, uh, but this is the cooking world. I mean, that it is shit the cook- has no. Yeah, but it, it, it gets bigger than that because when somebody comes up to me in the kitchen and they're like, you're the whitest black person I know. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? 
explain to me what the fuck that means. And they can't explain to it. It's explained it to me because it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, basically you're saying since I'm educated and that I speak well and that I actually try talk, talk that like a white person yes, that, that I'm, that I'm white. It's like, no, because in the streets, if I'm to be arrested, if I'm to be persecuted by somebody else, what are they looking at? They're not looking at the fact that I speak well or that I'm educated. They're black. looking at the fact that I'm black and you're not black either, man. You're an Afro Latina. I have black ancestry. Don't pull this bullshit on me. <laughs> you're not, okay. You're like Afro Latina. Yeah. I have African ancestry due to slavery through Cuba and Puerto Rico. Yeah, that's true. So it's like, you know, that's why it hits so hard for me because I, I deal with this shit every fucking day. You know, and so when somebody comes on and decides to call everybody in this group Uncle Tom's, I'm like, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself with a fat dildo, and I hope you die from it. You still handled it like a professional. Yeah, I, d- I just said that I was going to go in on him on this show, so I decided that I was going to go in on him because I, you know, it just really boiled my blood. You know, I had to talk to my sister, who's, you know, one of my biggest supporters and uh, also a very, very big uh rights activist and she was definitely on my side on this one too so anyway I just wanted to shed some light on that and say like choose your words wisely when you're in the kitchen or when you're on social media specifically because you're gonna look uh it's gonna make you look dumb ignorant you know and you know that's what I told him on the page I was like you need to choose your words wisely because now people can go back to this thread and be like this dude's a fucking idiot why would I hire him and you know why would anybody else want to work with him so choose your words wisely. Be respectful. Um, I know sometimes it's fun to joke around and say, and you know, and like make an Asian voice or like, <laughs> you know, do all this other stuff. But like after this whole thing, I've also looked back on what I've done and I've decided that I need to work on what I do, too. So, you know, just just be active in the change. Well, you know? We're always working on ourselves. I mean, I, I appreciate him coming up and apologizing for. When he was in the studio saying that, you know, he he appreciated us, our perspective, and he'd be making some changes. Then he too. just did the same thing. And then that's the, so he, he didn't listen. He obviously didn't learn from his <laughs> mistakes because then he goes out there and starts calling people fucking names, regardless of it's against, you know, he's what language he's he's talking. He's fucking being a turncoat to fucking people in the kitchen and calling us fucking slaves. You know, some people don't have the fucking they can't just fucking leave a job, man. Yeah. They have children. They yeah. have lives. Yeah. And not everybody wants to fucking work in the kitchen that they're at. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. They're stuck at that job. They because they can't. They can't go out and get another <laughs> job somewhere else, you know? So there's a lot of people I know in the kitchen industry. They just can't leave the kitchen industry. That's the only trade that they know. Yeah, because they didn't go to college or didn't finish high school or all that other shit. But anyway, um, we're going to move on. Uh, Girl, how long stay, mister? Yeah, it, it's in the oven. Episode, episode 59. <laughs> all right, we're going to wrangle this back in and get yeah. back on track. Uh, we're going to go on to some other beefs on, on yeah, online. Yeah, let's make this one quick because that's a fucking long-ass diatribe. I apologize, my people. Yeah, so Johnny, you handle this one. Yeah, I'll handle this one too. So uh, a few weeks ago... Um, on Yelp. The 16th. The 16th. Of January 2017. Let me pull this back up. Um, there was a review on the rest on Joshua Henderson's restaurant, Vestal. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a one-star review. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty interesting because um, I haven't been to Vestal, but I know a lot of people who have, and they say that it's quite delicious. Yes, that's what I've heard, too. Johnny, may I read this Yelp review? Yes. Okay. This <laughs> this Yelp review, which we all hate Yelp. Yeah, and right. We're not we're not ones to even promote Yelp or read anything off of Yelp. And they took this down quick. There's some that, yeah, they took it down pretty quick. Uh, there's some uh, Yelp reviews that, you know, 
you know, talk talk really good stuff about uh, our restaurants. But we're not going to be talking about that. We're just talking about the. We're going to shed light on some of our favorite chefs in the city. So it reads as. I've been wanting to try this place for quite a while now. Finally, I found a chance to get in there last Friday. We were able to walk in just after the restaurant opened, despite Open Table, which is a uh, reservations Website. app, uh, telling us that this place was fully booked. Very confusing, considering that in the subsequent two hours that the place was never more than a third uh, third full. Can I interject real quick? Sure. Uh, open table. Do you people do that on open table? Just so people know it might say that it's fully booked, but it's not because they need to block out time to make sure that they are not getting too busy. I don't know how that shit works. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, three quarters full, despite it being prime time during hours on a Friday night, the restaurant might want to check on that with open table. True. The design of this place was gorgeous, with a very tasteful aesthetic, despite it being too dark to read the menus and to see the food at the spot where we were sitting. And the staff was terrific. But there is very little positive I can say beyond that. I've lived in Seattle for more than a dozen years now, having moved from New York City. We don't fucking care where you move from. And I'm used to a certain amount of mediocrity in the food scene here. Among the endless, undeserved, standing ovations from so-called food writers in this town, I have to say that Vistal is among the worst dining experience I've had in my entire mm. time in Seattle. Not the usual, just okay, but actually aggressively bad. Full stop. And I say having a genuinely positive feeling about Josh Henderson, who's the chef owner, from being a skillet customer for years and having personally dealt with him on a couple of occasions in which he came across as a smart, articulate, talented guy he probably is. So I'm within the paradox of rooting for him to succeed and yet feeling like I was completely ripped off by the horrid tasting menu I had at Vestal last week. Hey. Part of me is unsurprised that standards are not being upheld at a restaurant that is part of a cooperative of restaurants, which is Huxley Wallace. Yes. It only reinforces my feelings that the exceptional dining experience are the ones in which the chef is there and focused on the restaurant. Instead of endeavoring to be the next Tom Douglas or Ethan Stoll, remember those two names, mm -hmm. because apparently the best thing about building a brand is that the food doesn't actually have to be good for you to get the money behind your restaurant and to get tourists in to eat for a while at least. I don't know where to start on the food. The first dish, it was a squash custard, was cloyingly something sweet while also being bland. Too cold from the fridge. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah. And one of the garnishes had a stale texture. The next dish was supposed to be a tartare, but was more like a garspacho covered with way too much puffed rice. That dish had decent flavor and texture, but was too large and poorly planted. plated. A dish of crab tortellini tasted rancid, and the dish was very overcooked. Um, it had an overpowering yeast, yeasty sauce on top of it, unpleasantly pastiness that made complete, it completely inedible. Then finally, a ribeye course that was, that was edible. But it was weakened again by a too sweet cherry barbecue sauce that might as well have been ketchup. A mezzo of blown orange granada had a good flavor and a perfect texture. But again, it was way too sweet. I can't even remember the dessert. The sugar coma must have been in full effect by that point. So for $365 for a tasting menu for two, two wine pairings, and I cannot remember the last time I felt a meal in Seattle, 
and got so much little value. It actually pains me to write this because I saw a beautifully conceived and built restaurant that I know must have required a ton of work. And I also sat there for two hours chatting with a bunch of hardworking kids who were working so diligently in the service of the menu and honestly was not worth the effort. I fully hope that I was just there on an off night Though the other reviews I've seen here, not to mention all of the empty seats, suggest otherwise. The Vestal team mentioned that they know it was too dark at the counter and working on adding some lights. And that's a, that's great, but I really think they need to do something about the food and do it fast. I regret going there and will never go back. It was a huge disappointment. <sighs> to say something is cloyingly sweet and... Um bland at the same time doesn't even make sense because that means that the taste Flavor. is the fla- the sweetness is clinging to your mouth <laughs> but then it's bland how uh you need you know anyway um Joshua Henderson did reply to this and this doesn't happen your man ever you know and if it does um I, I've never seen this happen I I met the dude uh, a couple times, like casually. I don't really know the dude, but uh, he seems like an all right guy. Yeah, he's cool. You know, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't following him, and uh, after this whole thing, I know I sent him a message and a comment, and you know, he followed me back, and so it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so he is the chef owner of the Huck or er, and part partner in the Huxley Wallace uh, Corporation. So they have places like Skillet, um, St. Helens up in the north. Uh, they also do. Oh man, they oh fucking shit. Oh, uh, Westward is another one of their places. Quality Athletics. Banging. Um, you know, they have a lot of restaurants that have a lot of good food. Um, I yeah, think they're trying. They're trying. They're trying. Yeah, you know, and some fail, some 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 do good. You but know. you know, I also see where he's coming from. Where he it says he it has a great aesthetic because that happens at all these restaurants. You walk into a Renee Erickson restaurant and you're like, wow, it's gorgeous. And like sometimes the food is good and sometimes the food is not. It's just the way it is. It's like if it's hard to have good cooks right now and sometimes you just got to make do with what you got you know so I kind of see it from both sides but anyway Joshua Henderson's um response was pretty nice uh he says I typically do not respond uh to negative Yelp comments however when it comes to someone in the industry and is sent in a way that is uh disingenuous as well as mean-spirited I change my tactic here's what I know you and your chef friend, Scott Carlsberg, came into my restaurant and made the staff incredibly uncomfortable because of your uh, disengage, the disengaging way you were speaking about me, Tom Douglas, Renee Erickson, and Ethan Stoll, um, who, you com- who your comments have all sold out, in your words, and sat and chatted with our staff, but in really you were rude, belittling people and loud enough that they were appalled and knew you were unhappy from the moment you sat down. I'm not going to go too much into this because it's really, really long reply. Um, but he basically just go, he goes, he goes in, you know, he, but in a nice way, he's not saying fuck you or blah, 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 this, but he, he does throw a couple terms out, you know, here and there. Um, this gets deleted from Yelp almost immediately. Uh, which was pretty funny because Robbie sends me a link and I'm like, your link is bunk, bro. Like, <laughs> it's not I working. I was like, yo. Uh, <laughs> Did you screenshot this shit? I screenshotted the entire thing and then what proceeds to happen is an onslaught. Because someone posted on Facebook. Yeah, well, yeah, somebody posted it on to the, the Yelp review on to the chef, Chef's Henderson's uh, page. Mm-hmm. 
And then the comments start flying in from the kitchen community. Oh, yeah. Here in Seattle, which is a very tight-knit community. Yep. Everybody's worked for everybody. Everybody knows everybody. Um, the dude that they're talking about uh, was Scott Carlsberg. Yeah, and um, Christopher Buffoli. Buffoli. <laughs> With a name uh, like that, though. But uh, he actually worked with Ethan, Ethan Stoll mm-hmm. at um, Tavolata. Yep. Um, and so what proceeds to happen is people start talking shit. Mad shit. Mad shit on this thread. And what happens is your boy who wrote the Yelp review, does he, who follows... Josh Repl- had, responds. Responds. <laughs> and then your boy Ethan Stoll comes into the mix. Oh, man. <laughs> it starts going ham on your boy. And uh, shout out to him. I've met him a couple times. That's uh, a he's been He's been really nice. Uh, but he straight reps his boy and uh, calls him out by name, calls uh, Carlsberg out by name, and uh, straight says, you know what? You are banished. Both of you are yeah. banished from my restaurant. Yeah. No longer allowed on any of my properties. If they see you there, you will not be served. Take your negative comments somewhere else. And it's true. I'm like, if it when you walk into a restaurant and you say those sorts of things, you can't expect like when you work, when you see an open have no kitchen, expectations. Yeah, have no expectations because people can hear you all over the place. It's like we might not be looking like we're we're listening to you, but trust that our ears are open. I got my head down working, but I hear exactly, exactly what you're saying what about you're each saying. dish you're eating. Exactly, it's a, it's how we do things so that we're not looking like we're just gawking at people. Um, but we we learn as cooks and as servers to always keep our ears open um, because we need to hear things use around all, us. We use all of our senses exactly. in the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? It may look like we're focused. But because we're fucking dialed in and we know what's going and we know on what's going us. on and like for somebody who's in the industry uh who's probably have has done this themselves to walk into a restaurant and then to start to shit on some of the people that have worked really really hard to do what they do um is pretty it's pretty messed up i know that i've i've talked shit on on a few of these restaurants but at the same time there's we don't sp- make that shit public yeah bes- we don't besides make, a podcast yeah, i mean besides the podcast i mean there's just certain things that i don't agree with sometimes and i'm like all right this needs to be brought to light but i do have to say that all these people renee erickson ethan stole tom douglas um and joshua henderson all have some really good restaurants not all of them are great but you know they have really good spots all right so Basically, what I wanted to bring to the end of this particular thread that we were talking about is something that I brought up on the show last week. Yep. And this kind of this whole argument that happened last week on social media is kind of why I said this. Um, and it's true. And he says it in his response in this thread to what's what's the dude's name? Uh, Christopher Buffoli. Buffoli. Buff- Mr. Buffoli. Uh, he said. If you would have addressed the situation at the time and told my staff, I would have had you come back in, eat on my dime. I would have made sure that I was there. I know Scott Carlsberg or some bullshit like that. And uh, you being in the industry should have more respect for me as a chef and yourself being in the industry. Um, But basically, um, you going making this public will not be tolerated. And, yeah. the, you call, and he accuses him in the thread of making him and his friends physically sick. 
saying the food was inedible. Mm-hmm. And he that's one of the worst cop-outs you can fucking say, is your food was so terrible that it got me sick. If your food, if his, if your the restaurant you work at really gets somebody sick, we need to be told immediately. Exactly. We take public safety and food safety and regulations at our restaurants very seriously. If there's an outbreak of salmonella or something's gone bad, we don't want to get anybody else sick, okay? Exactly. We feed our friends, we feed our family, and we feed our staff that food. And if you were sick from something, we want to get to the bottom of it. So throwing out bullshit comments like, oh, we, we have thrown up for days, you know, we, we were sick, and I'm, I, I'm sure it was your food. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here with or that like shit, you're a pussy. man. A fucking bitch, <laughs> man. You know what I'm saying? That's some straight buster shit. Buster. So homeboy that wrote this Yelp review, definition, or Wikipedia, buster. His picture. <laughs> we will be posting this link up on our Grow How Long Steak Mr. page. Um, and we're going to be moving on to some better things real quick. Yeah, uh, we're going to end this show off on a light note. Yeah. But, but yeah, oh, but as you were saying last week, if you actually want to get at one right. of these chefs or one of the restaurants, at them at, on Twitter right. or and be like, hey, let's have a chat about this or go to the they restaurant. They have their email addresses yeah. on their pages, man. They know you, They know how to be touched. You email, know what I'm saying? Yeah, go in and talk to the chef on when they're, when they're, not, when they're not open or something like that. Like, oh, he made some snide comment about Ethan Stoll, his food sucking now. Uh-huh. And... Uh, uh, him going, yeah, maybe restaurants would be doing better if you were in there working instead of being on social media right now. And your boy Ethan Stone goes, I'm with the Union Mission Gospel out doing Meals on Wheels, homie. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing by spending all your time writing Yelp reviews? Exactly. Bang, bang. <laughs> Chef gang. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So shout out them. All right, we're going to end the show with... Um, USA, 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 USA. Uh, Johnny, tell them, tell them, tell them what we won. So we basically won the equivalent of the Culinary Olympics. <laughs> That's right. So there is an event that happens. Uh, where does it happen? Uh, it France? happens in Lyon, France. Lyon. Lyon, France. Uh, every two years, uh, the heart of the Shiraz Trade Exhibition. Uh, they do a Bocas de Or contest. Um, basically, um, it was created in 1987 by Paul Bocos. Am I saying his name right? It's uh, Paul Bocos, and Bocuse. Uh, he is the gastronomic king of the world. Uh, with the purpose of highlighting chefs, uh, talents, and excellence. Uh, it, this year was their 30th anniversary. Um, it's held every two years. Um, it was just held you know, this past month. Um, before taking, so it's basically, uh, they have hella months to prepare. Uh, 24 of the most promising chefs in the world uh, come in for two days uh, for intense competition, uh, during which they give their very best and they try to win this uh, trophy for the world of gastronomy. Um, basically, they have five hours and 35 minutes um, of allotted time to prepare recipes uh, imposed uh, using the main ingredients. It's like uh, they give them like meat and fish, um, and then, um, yeah, they um, they bang it out. So I believe there's a couple different categories, but the United States won. We took that shit home. Um, so I want to say congratulations to U.S. team. It's the first time in 30-year history that we won. And uh, let me tell you what uh, was on the USA's menu. Let me find this real quick. Johnny, want to say anything about the competition? Uh, yeah, it actually it started off as a, just a little fun and games with Paul Bocuse and his homies when they were bored. Um, and I don't know if you guys have ever been to Lyon, but uh, they, Paul Bocuse has a school there. 
and you can go there and you can have a tasting menu and it's pretty relatively cheap. Um, I remember I went there a long time ago when I was traveling through Europe and it was before I actually knew much about food. And, uh, my comments were, what's up with this food? Why is it so small? <laughs> and, you know, later on, I realized that that's something that you do um, just so people can see the elegance of plates and, um, you know, actually get the true essence of the flavor of food and whatnot. Um, also, you know, it's pretty exciting because uh, Thomas Keller's crew of Per Se, so their head chef and their sous chef. Matthew are, Peters and Harris Andrew, uh Turon. Yeah, are the winners uh, of this. The chef and the sous chef, uh, which is crazy. Uh, they were the uh, leaders of their uh, team, the American team. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they were picked, uh, but I think Thomas Keller is a judge. Which yeah, something like that. I know that Thomas Keller told Paul uh, a while back, about uh, 10 years ago, he was like, we're going to win this, you yeah. know? And uh, he says, in 10 years, we'll win this. And they won it in nine. So. <laughs> Which is fucked up because, we, you know, we covered uh, the earlier, you know, I don't know, episodes, you know, 30 something in this show was, this is so funny that we're coming back to this right now, that the fucking New York Times gave t- per se a fucking terrible review. It's, yeah, when when they're ballers. And now they're bringing home the fucking gold for the U.S. So what do they have to say now? Crickets? Exactly. I wonder. <laughs> I, wonder I wonder what. And they're still at per se, correct? Yep. Um, I mean, how does that feel? That they it was such a rough year for them uh, last year. It probably drove them to be better. You and, know. And, and the way Thomas Keller responded to that reviewer. Um, was perfect. Mm-hmm. He did it with class and he said, you know, uh, we will try harder and, you know, maybe, my, you know, everything's not perfect all the time. And you've shed some light on maybe some issues that we're having at the restaurant. But please, you know, come back and, you know, we want to make this right. Um, exactly like Josh. I, I didn't even know this was going to tie back into each nope, other. Right, right, right. But anyway, I just want to say congratulations to the United, the U.S. team. And uh, I want to talk about what they kind of what they made. I don't know. Here, let me find it. I mean, when you say it on, when you say it out loud, it doesn't sound that good, but I it, mean, we're going to post a link to all the pictures um, that's going on. Cause it was like chicken with a morel mushroom gravy or something like that. And then uh, it had the chicken liver mousse with foie gras um, and some carrots or something like that. Then they did a vegan dish. Uh, but it was funny cause I was going through the pictures of this and I'm like, how is this food? How do you eat this stuff? Like <laughs> it's so gorgeous. Yeah, Gastronomy don't. is something that's really, really out of this world. And it, and it really, really blends, um, uh, food and art and really puts, a a a, a really a, a different kind of, it, I don't know. I was it talk- creates an experience. Yeah. I was talking to Johnny about a, a old video, uh, from, uh, Anthony Bourdain, which was uh, called decoded a show called decoded uh, on the yeah, yeah, network. Yeah. And he'd went over to eat at El Bui, um, for the first time. And he was talking about how he just had so much disdain for the chef there. And he really didn't understand gastronomy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fernand, uh, Adria, he just didn't understand what was going on that people would pay this much money for food. Um, and the video is about uh, 15 minutes long, but it's the whole episode. <laughs> And Anthony Bourdain ate his words and was like, this is some really, really cool shit. Uh, The problem with it is so fucking expensive. And so tiny. And so tiny. (laughs) I mean, I guess he had, you know, at at El Bui, he was, uh, he had a 32 course. 
meal. See, you got to make it real small then. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we do a nine course at our restaurant and people are full by course five. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's the way it is. You got to take your time. It's You're not really eating. Yeah. As in your, your tasting, experience, tasting art. Yeah, exactly. So we wanted to end it with a good note since we were bitching. We hope you guys made it through this episode and we weren't, uh, you know, being too negative. You know, due to current circumstances, it's really good to to, to know what you're doing and know what you're saying and, and know who you're affecting. That's right, man. Be careful before you go online and start spewing hate. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because uh, there's all, too much going on. All three of these subjects we covered today uh, kind of covers that, uh, encompasses um, that um, golden rule. Let's shed some love. Let's make the, you know, if we want to make America great again, we got to make it great again. So. Love Trump's hate? Yeah, love Trump's hate. <laughs> Somebody's telling me that. That is the worst fucking slogan ever. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to move on to ingredient of the week. We're back, motherfucker. Uh, sorry, last week we didn't have one for y'all, but we decided to focus on our homies. We're coming in at 45 minutes. That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, we're going to do uh, daikon. Daikon radish. Daikon radish. Very, very popular in Asia. Uh, popular here in the States, too. Yep. When did it start catching on? Probably about three, three years ago four years ago I mean I always feel like I mean I've been using daikon since for a while but not I didn't realize that you could do so much with it yeah now you know uh, we used to grate it over over steak yeah it was delicious you know it's just nice but uh so what I'm gonna do is a tamari braised daikon radish uh we do this at the restaurant and they're super fun um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so what I'm, what you're going to do is you're going to get some tamari or soy sauce. I like to use tamari, um, just because that's what we usually have on hand. Um, you're going to take about two cups of tamari and you, what you're going to do is you're going to spike that tamari with what? Chinese five spice. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. Five spice. You're going to make that shit hit. A lot of five spice. You're going to add a little bit of raw brown sugar just to make it a little bit sweet. Um, and then you're going to hit it with more star anise, with some anise. I know anise is in Chinese five spice, but uh, that anise flavor is so bomb that you just want more of it. Um, you're going to drop a cinnamon stick in there, uh, which is also in Chinese five spice, I think. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just the enhancement of flavor. Um, you're going to want to water that down a little bit because, as you know, uh, uh, tamari is uber salty uber so what you're going to do is you're going to fashion your daikons in a certain way that you want to do them what i what we usually do is we do them in circles so we have little pucks of daikons and you're gonna drop them in and um what is the term that i'm looking for what's the piece of paper that you put on top of the uh oh shit a uh fuck oh man Basically, you basically you're gonna cut a piece of paper so it fits over the top perfectly. Of, your, of yeah, over the top of your pot perfectly. Is that good? And it's gonna um, hold it, hold the stuff down so it doesn't um, pop up and, and not get cooked. And then you're just gonna braise those until they're nice and tender. And what's gonna happen to those daikon radishes? Um, and if you use any radishes, is they're gonna turn a funky color. Um, our stuff turns purple, like deep, deep dark purple. Um, and that's basically all you do. And what we do with those is... You want to make sure it's colored all the way through, too. Oh, yeah. Colored all the way it's through. Not, if you can take a piece out and cut it in half and it's not colored all the way through, it's not cooked it's all not the way cooked through. It's not cooked all the way through. Yeah. You use a cake tester, cut it, you know, eat it. I, you know, I try all three just to make sure. That's right. Um, but yeah, so what we do after they're done, which is super fun, is we usually put them on our Asian-themed dishes and uh, we'll pop them down on a cast iron and start to cook them. And we'll sear them on one side. And what happens is it gets... It gets black like almost burnt um but it doesn't taste burnt 
you and then you put that on the dish and it has this amazing like sweet and sour and tangy flavor and then it gets the you know the essence of the of the crispiness from the from the charred side but it you know it's not overpowering or yeah, anything like idea. that and you know we put that in a dashi broth um dashi you know and like hit it with some fresh radishes we do it with fish all the time um a little bit of ginger cabbage slaw on the side of that and you know it, it hits every time you know a little curry oil or something like that we we get a little funky with it um so yeah so that's my recipe it's pretty quick and easy if you have any questions about it you know give us a shout out and uh i'll definitely be able to send you that um it's definitely fun it's definitely inventive and it makes people look at the plate twice for sure all right so basically uh i don't know my uh computer's acting all funky since i'm on here using it so who knows what my uh (laughs) if you're hearing this right now but anyway you're gonna get a big daikon uh, radish about i don't know foot long or whatever a one cup of sake a quarter cup of mirin three tablespoons soy sauce uh two cups tablespoon about a half cup water um a whole thing a big couple big pieces of bok choy uh some edamame um and some scallions and what you're gonna do is you're gonna peel the daikon uh you're gonna slice it and it's a couple rings and then cut those in half or you can just cut the daikon in half and then cut those uh, into one inch thick rings Uh, you're going to combine your mirin your sake your soy your sugar your water into a saucepan and you're going to add the daikons to it Uh, you're going to bring it to a a high heat and then reduce it to it's really simmering really low you're going to cover it and cook Uh, you're going to flip the uh, daikons over a couple different times um, and you want to cook them all the way through it's going to take 45 minutes to an hour depending on how thick you cut those um but once again, you want to pull them all the way out. You want to check them and make sure, do what Johnny says, use a cake tester, bite into it, cut it in half, make sure it's colored through. Then you're going to remove those daikons uh, out of your water. You're going to bring that liquid back up to a simmer. You're going to add your bok choy and your edamame. Um, and then you're going to add your, um, divide that into a couple different bowls and then add your daikons back to it. And you're going to... Um, um, add some uh, scallions uh, for garnish over top of it, and you're gonna enjoy. It's delicious broth. Johnny, you know I'm just doing a live Facebook video so for our viewers, so they know what we look like, what we doing. That uh, we're keeping it trill up in here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know so, what I mean. Uh, you can visit us on our social medias. It's gonna be Grow How Long Steak Mister at Instagram and Facebook. Uh, our Twitter is gonna be at How Long Steak Mister. You can find me on social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram at Bobby Stills. Johnny, what are you? Uh, I am Johnny Tsunami, as usual. You can find me on Instagram there, posting that flame, as <laughs> usual. Uh, if you got any questions or comments, uh, Johnny wanted to shout out uh, homeboy who came into the restaurant. Yep, yep. For hitting us on our email, uh, Mister at gmail.com. Shay, what's up to your boy? Uh, what's up, Chris? What's your last name? I can't remember it. Chris, Chris Jones. <laughs> Chris Jones, yeah. He popped by the restaurant, uh, gave us a good shout out, said that he listened to the show after I plugged him. Um, and he is, he came back again and he was like, hey, you guys didn't answer my question fully. He wanted to know what we thought about the movie Chef. And I'm going to tell you this right now. It fucking sucked. <laughs> I liked it as a movie, but as a thing. As a thing, yeah. Industry. Unless it's Ratatouille or a documentary. Keith and I got into it today about Ratatouille. Unless it's Ratatouille or a documentary about cooking, do not watch Chef movies. All right. That's the end of our episode. Until next week, motherfucker. Thanks for joining us. Don't talk us. shit on the internet, bitch. Catch me on the street. <laughs> Grill. How long steak, mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch.